Brian Beeler coming to you with a, another podcast. This time we're live remote in Dallas, Texas, uh, of all places. So great to be out. Great to be here with Jed Ayers, CEO of iGel. You guys are out doing live events and kicking some ass, if I don't uh, Can mind you believe it? Out. It's been a wild week. Three, uh, three in one week. Actually, we did four. One was in uh, Switzerland. Didn't go to that one. So where have you been this week? I was started the week in Charlotte. Well, I live in San Francisco, so right. I flew uh, through Denver to Charlotte. We had a great event in uh, Charlotte, beautiful Charlotte. It mm-hmm. seems to be uh, booming. And then we went from there to Chicago, okay. downtown Chicago yesterday, and now we're here at the beautiful Adolphus Hotel. This hotel is actually pretty fantastic. It I haven't really been here before. The historic buildings are pretty sweet, aren't they? They are. They've done a nice job restoring it. So what... You're out. You're out with partners. You're out doing stuff, which is somewhat unique. Uh, you made the comment before we got started that that this is the first time out for a lot of your customers and and probably some of your partners too. What is it that gives makes you guys so brave to go out and do this? Uh, we think there's kind of a first mover advantage in terms of getting out, backing out in front of people. When I sort of query a lot of our customers that are in these events, because I, I want to ask them, like, how did you find out about iGel, right? Uh, almost uh, always it's a live event that they they met up with iGel, whether it's Citrix Synergy or a user group somewhere in the country. So, you know, I think we've been feeding off of a lot of our install base as they expanded, and we've right. been uh, doing really well with that as people really leaned into the technology through COVID. So... It feels like, hey, we need to get back out and start meeting up with customers again. And then also just the magic that happens in a room when you have partners there, not only our technical partners, mm-hmm. there's 19 of them uh, that signed up for this, including okay. Amazon, Citrix, Microsoft, and VMware, which should be a, <laughs> a statement of uh, what iGel is doing all by itself. Um, but yeah, having them, having our reseller partners, our distributor partners, and our customers all in the same room. Um, you can't beat the in-person environment and even just this conversation like we could do this on zoom but there's still that just a little bit of disconnect in being able to read the person and yeah. and have that conversation and look across the table i mean i think we're all numbed out on zoom and uh <laughs> yeah it's just uh there's no you know and of course after the events we're taking customers to to meals and I can tell you there's like a re- the renewed enthusiasm and people are like you know sort of don't take it for granted when you're sitting in this beautiful restaurant sharing a meal with each other I mean I know. we we uh, I think t- got in a rhythm where we took that for granted and people are realizing okay this is pretty special to be back around humans again and lots of lots of toasts and lots of uh, good friendships and partnerships either rekindled or yeah. starting again well, the airports are busy. I mean, you've been in four in, in three days. Yes. I, I hit a couple yesterday on my way down here. It's uh, It feels like people are out and moving around. Definitely. But you guys, so, you know, first mover advantage you talk about, and iGel, I mean, I think we think of the general IT landscape as kind of a small company. You're not, I understand. But it's, you know, when you look at your partners of AWS and Veeam and Citrix and some of the biggest titans of the industry, to be alongside there and to be at these events demoing or talking tech, demoing tech, working with partners, okay. it's really cool. Um, for those that still don't know iGel though, just take one step back because I remember running into, I think it was Jeff Colbert. He's from Cincinnati. I'm from Cincinnati too. Yep, good old Jeff. Ran into that guy a couple of years ago, probably at uh, 
a world event of some kind, and he's chucking these little uh, USB drives at, at everyone, saying, "You got to try this. You got to try this." I said, "Jeff, what are you talking about? Like, what what do I got to try? What what are you talking about?" And he's like, "Yeah, we got the iGel in here. You put it in. You got your desktop. You're ready to go." For people that use you, for your customers, they know you intimately and they know everything about you. We've talked a lot about you recently through some of our work with LG and iGel. Okay. Um, that uh, and actually, that piece is still. We did that a, a number of weeks ago. It's still a top ten article on our okay. site. We can get into the the partnerships, but reset on iGel. Who you are? Yeah. So uh, for me, uh, this has been a five year journey, but this is actually the twentieth year of this company. Um, I joined in 2016. I think at that time, other than the Jeff Kahlbergs of the world, there was very few people in enterprise IT that actually knew iGel. If they did know them, they were probably in the end user compute little bubble and uh, they would know them as a German uh, thin client company. Right. So yeah, I, I've been on this remarkable journey over the last five years um, where when I joined, I had a lot of people told me, don't go there, right? Because it's a hardware company. It's in VDI. This is in 2016 when right. Elliot was in Citrix, and you know it's a German company. And how many German you know tech companies do you know that make it in the U.S.? Very few, right? Um, other than maybe SAP, you'd be hard pressed to tell sure. me. Germans are great at you know engineering cars and a lot of other things, but bringing tech into the U.S. has never been. It's not been done um, to a great extent, and so. That I saw that as a huge opportunity, and I did a lot of research. I'd been in end-user compute for 20 years, and right. uh, what I saw was there was this IP of this Linux operating system that was sort of trapped on this, you know, commoditized, what some people call a dumb terminal or thin client. And what they had actually done, and they'd done this in 2011, they figured out how to take that uh, operating system off the thin client and resurface other x86 hardware. Mm -hmm. And they didn't really know what to do with it, though. They had some customer in, in Australia, of all places, that told them, hey, it would be cool if you could do this. So they went back and it took them a couple years. They productized it, but they didn't have any real uh, customers. And so I, I found out about what they were doing, and I saw the IP, and I was like, this is um, something very valuable. And that, okay. was, that, was the, that was the beginning of 2016. We put the message in English. We aimed it at the enterprise in, in the US. We started to partner really aggressively with Citrix and VMware. And Microsoft and VMware, uh, Amazon came later. But um, we, we basically have a thesis that says, if you're gonna have a cloud-delivered workspace or cloud-delivered applications, you really don't need this heavy operating system on the edge, right? You need sort of a purpose-built, light, secure, highly tuned, operating system and Linux as we all know is one basically every other vector of IT in terms of operating systems supercomputers web traffic phones I mean pretty much anywhere you uh, have a compute device it's running Linux uh, pr predominantly right and so the desktop is really the only place where Linux hasn't um, you know, taken over. And we see this... That's nerd territory, though. Yeah, we see this architectural <laughs> shift, though, where, you know, you're basically, you know, it may be, a, you need to be a, a hacker or somebody that's a real gearhead to run Linux on your desktop. The market share of Linux as a, as a standalone desktop is like, you know, 1%. But the, this is the beauty of what we're trying to do. We're not trying to tell people to install applications and run locally we're basically saying this operating system can be invisible mm -hmm. the average you know worker that's you know now highly distributed somewhere in their house that gets a device plugs it in puts in their email address and 
you know, launch it from there, it launches immediately into their... Well, that's the simplicity message. And I want to talk about that a little bit too. But just from the, from the experience, like you came in at a time where VDI was maybe about as boring and as vanilla <laughs> as it could be, not to be disrespectful. Yeah, it was under siege. I mean, we were literally trying... I sold a, a company that uh, was called AppSense. We mm-hmm. sold them to Landus. And literally, we kind of reoriented the message of this company that was neck deep in VDR, it was user profile, as a security solution. There was one little thing that we did that like helped manage application settings. Um, and so, like, yeah, VDI was sort of like slow growth, well, you know, very small centers, use, small right? use cases. Yeah, yeah. So not, not the sexiest part of, of enterprise IT. And that was part of why a lot of people told me, you know, Go work for Splunk or you know, go work Something for cool. Palo Alto or some, <laughs> some you know, I was in Silicon Valley, so it was like, you know, this could be career limiting for you. But I, I can tell you, um, you know, we have a slide in the deck today where I talk about my journey. The, you know, the, the revenue triple digit in five years, the seat count triple digit. And probably the most remarkable thing, when I set out to do this, it was like, hey, yeah, we're going to go from number seven in U.S. to like number three behind HP and Dell. That was sort of the mm-hmm. go from obscure to sitting right behind these two guys. And they were kind of our, you know, we had to figure out how to compete against the big guys. And uh, what's interesting is now we have these guys at our doorstep, right? They're licensing our technology. And so what was a competitive relationship has now turned into fuel as they realize, hey, this Linux uh, operating system, just like we put Microsoft on some of our right. devices, we can factory load this. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they, and okay, of course, part of what has convinced them is a lot of commercial um, you know, success with customers basically saying, I need iGel on this. The largest retailers and largest hospitals have basically been forcing them to do it. And then they realize, oh, this is actually pretty good stuff. Well, so they're, they're your, also your partners, though, right? Because while you do have some thin clients, HP, I mean, they sell the heck out of those T-series. Yep. And I think you guys just certified a couple more HP systems in your yep. latest update. So talk about that relationship about your go-to-market, because you started, I think, very much guerrilla. I mean, not... And you've got some aspirations that are not unsimilar to uh, maybe Veeam is a, a, a close parallel from the software world, yeah. where those guys always wanted to be billion-dollar company. Like that was the target. I think you've said something along. The yeah, we want big goals. We have we we were acquired by TA this year um, in March, mm-hmm. which I just can't believe it was this year to say that. I think the timelines of time COVID is sort of strange, but. Uh, yeah, so we were acquired by TA. They're a 50-year-old, you know, private equity, growth-oriented Silicon Valley company with a lot of sort of IQ on helping companies, you know, that are in the size IGEL is. We're right at this sort of sweet spot, which is, you know, rare air for a lot of software companies to never reach 100 million in uh, software revenue. So, you know, that's kind of where we're at. And, yeah, the, we think there's a generational shift underway, and COVID has accelerated it where... You know, it's sort of cloud first, mobile first, security first, and you know, there's a, an opportunity, especially with the generation that's coming into the workforce, that you know just had to spend the last two years, you know, behind Chromebooks in most cases. They're sort of tuned to this cloud delivered architecture. Mm-hmm. As the, you and I grew up, it was sort of like, hey, get your new shiny object every three years, you know, with a big, you know, complex, hard to secure, hard to manage operating system on a new. Hardware device. So a big part of the iGel. Mostly do it your own too, right. because I remember in college, like we used to buy 
math code processors and chunk them and into our them systems. Up, right? like, what what is that? It's insane to even think about. It. I mean, people don't change even system you know enthusiasts like gamers. They don't change CPUs. I mean, they will when they get to a new board and there's a new tech or a new Ryzen, whatever. But like the tinkering doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. No, I mean kids these days. It's amazing to me. They don't know how a computer works. They don't care. They don't know how a car works. I have four kids. Well, no, but you get it, you get it down to like this MacBook Air at eight ninety nine right. with a power button, and it just you type just in goes. your email and it just connects with all your Apple stuff, and you're good to go. Your, your analog is not so different though at at iGel with a similar ease of use message, right? iGel should almost be invisible, right? We're work, you're going to see uh, here at the show today a demo where you know we basically unbox a, a, a device that's got iGel on it. Someone types in their uh, email address, they type in their um, password, and it literally takes them right into their Citrix or Microsoft Windows 365 desktop, right? Like the whole underlying iGel OS and you have multiple screens and all the kind of like confusing things of VDI of the past mm -hmm. where you got multiple login screens and it takes a really long time. Well, that's why people hated VDI. Yeah. Was that the devices? Because the thin clients, I mean, there were some mobile thin clients years ago, but not many. Right. And persistence obviously was a problem. Then there was a performance challenge. You know, so what if I need to run SolidWorks or something right. like that, right, where, where it's a GPU-enabled workload? That was a challenge for a while. But a lot of these things are getting worked out. And now yeah. the whole desktop delivery mechanism is entirely different. Exactly. I think the DAO solutions that have been introduced by Microsoft in the last two years the you know the um, what was Windows Virtual Desktop now Azure Virtual Desktop, mm -hmm. that's taken off. Um, I mean the amount of uh, seats they have running. I was in Redmond a couple of weeks ago. It's astonishing. And then now Windows 365, further abstracting the complexity and management at, and truly creating an as a service mm -hmm. model. Because I think when you looked at VDI, it was the three C's. It was complexity. It was cost. And it was connectivity. I think we still have some challenges on certain use cases that you know really um, highly mobile power users that you know may be disconnected. But I can tell you, there's some cool stuff uh, in the works. I think you'll see in the next six months around the disconnected works. You know, it's sort of like you you can work in a VM, and then when you get back online, you can that syncs back up. So I think you're going to see some people really working hard to f solve that. So, you, too. so you're talking about some of the cloud delivered desktops, and at that point, you're really, you're you're consuming applications. You're not running an operating system exactly as an end user, right? It's right. a little more, give me my tools to work, my email, my Word, PowerPoint, whatever it is that yeah. you're being provisioned, and a lot less of, oh, I booted this, I gotta run system updates, I gotta run all the Windows updates or whatever, right? It's a, it's kind of a different. Mentality. I mean, we still have uh, updates, obviously, as sure. we stay in sync, and that's one of the values that I think everyone in the industry is seeing around iGel. Is we have these really tight integrations with Citrix, VMware, Microsoft, Amazon, and all this ecosystem that needs to work around it. Namely, right now, all the collaboration mm -hmm. technologies. So think about WebEx, Teams, Zoom, and the speed at which this stuff is being sort of agile development, right? Well, yeah, so talk about that, because you guys just had a release a couple weeks ago in September that hit some of the new systems uh, from a validation standpoint, yeah. but also a lot of these web services where you either enhanced or added uh, support there. So what, is, what does that do to your development uh, 
you know, how fast do you guys have to spin new uh, releases? Yeah, and I think this is where uh, iGel's winning, right? Because in the world of Linux operating systems for cloud workspaces, you really have, there's very few players that um, have accomplished what we have, certainly being able to transfer the OS to other devices and making that work. But the, the real magic is staying in sync with these technologies, right? So if you're managing 20,000 Citrix you know, uh, seats mm -hmm. and you, know, you need to apply the latest Citrix you know, upgrade to be, you know, everybody want, doesn't want to be the next SolarWinds or whatever, right? So they're trying to stay compliant and stay updated. So you're seeing if pretty the OS, adoption. Yeah, if the OS gets out of sync, then the literally they can't up, I guess, the OS is like the foundational building block, right? So you, you need, these two things have to talk to each other, right, right. Um, with the protocol. So if, it, if it's out of sync, you know, a lot of bad things can happen. And so we've really prided ourselves on being day zero with a lot of this. Citrix is our, still our largest install base, so making sure that when they release something, our customers are able to take advantage of those features immediately and we're in lockstep. So. So if we go back to Jeff handing out USB drives, yes. I know you still have that product, yep. um, to cloud delivery today, obviously COVID accelerated the work from home thing, right? Two years ago almost. Yeah. Uh, you guys were well positioned for that, but the cloud adoption for desktop delivery really took off as part of that too. So talk a little bit about maybe how you guys think about end user computing at a higher level. So I was talking before about call centers, but you've got physicians' offices, you've got remote workforces, you've got all these different segments. How do you guys slice those up in your mind? So our like customer segmentation today is definitely the enterprise, mm -hmm. um, people that really care about security and they really um, care about performance and they need to be able to manage a highly distributed footprint. And then the places where we still see the most adoption are in healthcare. That's probably our number one vertical today. Well, yeah, you were just at Hims a couple weeks ago, right? Yes, exactly. So, healthcare, uh, you know, it's just it, it, it's something we've solved within Pravada and Epic and Cerner, and you know, they're in a highly virtualized, highly regulated, and also highly sort of mobile in terms of clinician mm -hmm. and workstations yeah, on wheels in with their head card and exactly. having. Like in that instant, right? They're signing in, and they've got to have their iteration exactly. of, of control. And it can be life or death, right? In terms of like those things working and being uh, really working well with Citrix, like we just talked about, or working with Improvata. And there's a lot of little nuances that have to be tuned um, in, in order for that experience to be really world class. And so that's really where we, you know, we, one of the things that iGel has done that's so beautiful is that we've actually gone in on a lot of this older hardware mm -hmm. that just sort of all of a sudden the doctor's like, this is really slow and it's not working right. And we literally, they think, okay, we got to throw that. It's the age old like hamster wheel of hardware. We've got to throw this hardware away. And so one of the beauties of iGel is we've intersected a lot of that, like this needs to be replaced and resurfaced it. And you just breathe new life into this stuff through the software. So the other verticals are financial services, uh, you know, a lot of banks that are in distributed models and people working from home and dealing with secure information, a lot of call centers right. in the insurances space uh, where they're working from home forever now. Um, we also are doing um, you know, real well in government. Um, a lot of those people never work from home before, so that's been interesting. Um, 
So for all these and retail, that's the other one. Retail is the okay. other big, big one for us. Running like POS and stuff like that at the yep. sort of retail edge. So next time you go into like a sunglasses hut, this um, those are all being run by Agile. I'm in Ohio, it's shady. It's yeah. cloudy all the time. We don't yeah, have, you don't have <laughs> the sun. So. But yeah, the Lens Crafters, uh, Pearl Vision, this Luxottica kind yeah. of monopoly of all. Everybody's wearing glasses. I'm sure you have a pair there. Yeah, that's probably uh, my, came from Luxottica. Sadly, my readers. I had uh, LASIK ten years ago. And now the it's worn the off. stuff starting to, to fail. So yeah. it comes so with age. They're they're a longtime customer. They're actually a customer, one of the first iGel customers in the US. They're in Cincinnati. Yeah, exactly. Well, That's Jeff Soldum. Yeah. And so they, they're doing a refresh right now, but they they literally have over thirty I think it's actually close to forty thousand devices now managed by one guy in Cincinnati. <laughs> and that's like an unheard of ratio, obviously, with right. endpoints. And these are devices that are mission critical, they're actually connected to the cash register. All right. So you said you, you covered a bunch of ground there, and there's two things I wanted to get back to. First is the hardware. Yep. So in days past you hire a new employee, you hand them a latitude or whatever. They've got to sign in for Windows, and it's kind of like, there you go. You, you might have some apps on there. It feels like even in the enterprise for those uh, knowledge workers, so the task workers, the call center guys could always get by on, on VDI, and it was, it was yeah. largely fine. But now you're pushing more into a power user. You talked about the financial trade where they might want the security of a, of a thin client delivery, but still need things like four 4K monitors for trading algorithms or whatever. What's going on with the hardware side and how has that changed from handing a new employee a laptop to what's happening today? So if I hire a new person today that's remote, how does that work? I mean, we're seeing more and more mobile uh, form factors here at this show. You'll see you know, HP, Lenovo, LG, they're all basically building these sort of 600 to $800 Beautiful form factors, very light and um, you know great screen. So you know multiple steps above a Chromebook, if you will, right? right. Um, and so yeah, we're basically seeing that use case with with an iGel operating system on it, and then you know connect to Citrix, connect to whatever they need to connect to. I mean, what's interesting is you have a beautiful uh, laptop sitting here. And my guess is you have very little things staved on that locally and you have very few you know, local apps even, right? right? You're getting a lot. So this is the irony of a lot of people today. They have this $2,000 laptop, yet they're really you know, getting all of their um, all their data and their applications for the most part are coming from the cloud. So yeah, it's all on Google Drive or whatever, or exactly. 365, whatever, because that, I mean, we've learned if we've learned anything as end users is that this system will fail. Yeah, and I think the the thing that we see in Windows devices specifically, this is where I get really excited because you walk into a. I was with a guy in a, that's running a hospital that has eleven thousand Windows devices, and you start asking him, "Well, how many agents do you have on those devices?" And he's like, "Well, we got Tanium and the, yeah. Symantec. I mean, we have like it's defense in depth, kind of like okay, we're gonna try to like." You know, stack all this stuff up on there. And the beauty of iGel is it's read only. You get it down to like you know a very small footprint of just the stuff that you need to sit under the things that you are delivering. And you know it, it's a remarkable sort of security story. I mean, we've come to the rescue of some very large companies, which of course we can't talk about here. But um, that's the challenge with getting the iGel story Sol out there. Solving problems like yeah. that are, can be embarrassing, right? Yeah, we've had you know, National Guard involved and FBI involved in some of the, the big ransomware situations that we've got involved in. 
the NHS over in the UK, they they got you know hit by ransomware. A lot of hospitals have been compromised, which the is small worse. ones especially. Yeah, and they've got no infrastructure or staff to be able to recover from these things. Exactly. Just University of Vermont yeah. Medical is one that we we worked with. Like we can talk about the ones that are more um, you know public, uh, and, and that was one where I think everyone was looking around and going, they would just started deploying Agile, so they only had a few hundred devices mm-hmm. out, out, and they go, why are these still working? <laughs> it was a very interesting moment where they were like, okay, we need to accelerate this you know, 8,000 seat deployment we had there. Right. But yeah, I think this is, uh, right now in the White House, there's a two-day summit. Um, they didn't invite the Russians or the Chinese, uh, but there's a lot of other countries sitting in Washington right now talking about ransomware and the you know i think it's nearly 200 percent increase in attacks well, everyone's talking about it in the data center world where we spend most of our time every it you know vendors talking about it right. all the backup guys are talking about immutable backups how do you do this how do you how do you move your your backup somewhere and then silo that thing so you can't touch it and can't right. modify it more importantly that's kind of like our story on the actual endpoint right because it's a read-only piece of firmware there's checksums when you when the device boots it just like if anything's compromised it just doesn't even run yeah um so yeah it's uh our security story is probably untold in a lot of ways right in terms of people really understanding how hardened it can be and how also you can uh, how it can dance with the applications and contextually, you know, also adjust things based on posture, of where somebody's sitting or sure. what their role is. So there's a lot you can do. I think one of the things that um, we probably don't talk enough about is we talk about all oh, this this great piece of you know invisible operating system that's really secure and highly tuned. There's also a, a second piece of technology that comes with every Agile license, and that's the uh, the um, universal management suite, which is this control center for 7,000 different you know, control points mm-hmm. on that device that's running iGel, and it's all policy-based. Very easy to write a policy, save it, drag it into a folder. It looks a lot like Active Directory, right? Mm-hmm. You just So you, you dream up a policy that yeah, you, all you want. Yeah, field sales guys or whatever. Yeah, all the guys in Dallas need to have this you know browser yeah. uh, that can only go to these places okay boom all of a sudden all those devices are, are adjusted without even restarting the device right and so that's for existing but if you're onboarding people quickly too having those profiles associated with their job descriptions or whatever or the store profile this is why Luxotic can get away with one one guy I actually sat, had dinner last night with the fleet farms they're Probably uh, many of your listeners probably don't know who they are. There's, no, I, I didn't know. know who they were from California, but there's this big, interesting farming store in the Midwest and hmm. Minneapolis and Wisconsin. But like they, a tractor supply yeah. kind of alternative. Okay. They love IGEL and yeah, they uh, yeah they, they use them for uh, for running the store. And he, he says like when we open new stores, yeah, it's the provisioning is plug and play because it's all policy based. Well, I mean, when you're talking retail, too, there's no IT guy no. in there. If you go to even a Walmart, I mean, Big Store Kroger, another one in Cincinnati, yeah. 100,000 square foot plus stores, and they even have little data centers in them, many of them do, to run this stuff locally. But even that brings with it some risk. So if you're going to throw servers and storage or some hyper-converged something in there, now you've got to physically protect it so that disks don't go walking off. So now you've got a cage, we've got yeah. access controls. And I guess they worry a little bit more from a POS standpoint of if I'm using a cloud-based thing, what happens 
when I lose power or lose the internet. Right. So now how do you start to help help these organizations architect around those things from a resiliency standpoint? So what I would tell you is we really lean on our resellers at that point, right? Yeah. To, to find the right solutions there. This is part of the ecosystem that's so wonderful, right? Um, yeah, we, we play this nice little part in the underlying operating system. So yeah, I that's a great question. I actually um, not sure how like a Luxottica deals with an off offline if they go offline. Right. I think part of what they're doing is building a lot of resiliency into the um, you know, multiple routes mm-hmm. to you know they they have sort of backup satellite or sure. you know, m- multiple different ways to to connect in case one goes down. They have the other one. That well, everyone's up. been. I was. Uh, to, to look good for you, I went and got a haircut uh, yesterday before I came down here. You didn't get one at the, there's, it looked like a really nice old time barber shop. I know, I saw that downstairs, the, the one seat guy, oh man, yeah. I didn't shave either, I might have to hit that guy on the way out. Um, but yeah, I was I was going to pay and it's like, oh, our system's down, use the other, like, so you have to have the resiliency yeah. to, to keep going. Um, you were talking about your partners and we started talking about mobile thin clients and how cool those are. Yeah. I, I told you at the beginning the uh, work we were doing with LG, those all-in-ones they've got going now are insane. Yes. So if you talk about onboarding a new employee, for instance, I don't know how many jobs I had long ago where day one you get this awful laptop that weighs 12 pounds is normally three to five years old, so it already sucks yeah, <laughs> in terms exactly. of running uh, XP or whatever you know, we were running back then. And the user experience is miserable. Apps are slow, it crashes, you've got to maintain Windows, you've got to do all this stuff. Just compare that to dropping off this 34-inch curved all-in-one from LG Throw that on your desk at home. I mean, that it, it's worlds. Yeah, it's and amazing. those aren't even that expensive. Yeah, no, they, these They're guys insane. have really listened. I mean, the one thing about the Koreans is they really love to innovate on design. Yeah. And they listen to their customers and they really try to understand what they're doing with the devices and. Yeah, they're uh, they're not afraid to like get the protocol, you know, some prototypes out there, and yeah, we've been working with LG now for almost five years, and it's mm-hmm. been a very rewarding, uh, you know, journey with them. They yeah. we're now selling tens of thousands of devices. We just um, put, you know, I think close to twenty thousand of those curved all-in-ones into University of Washington Medical. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think just in terms of. People used to worry about, oh, all-in-one, the screen's going to die, and what's going to happen with the machine. Who cares? They're so inexpensive. Yeah. They're beautiful. They are beautiful. And the space that saved and the wires and uh, the one they have uh, that we're selling to the hospital has the built-in RFI reader so they can tap right into it. Yeah. Well, they've got that, uh, the white 24-inch one, too, that's that's hospital very clean and everything and, and keep it up. But, yeah, I mean... But when you think about what you have to support from an from an end user systems perspective, so you've got a couple you just keep in in the closet somewhere. If that one breaks or gets hit by you know a hammer or whatever, exactly, yank it down, throw the new one in, and because you're already set up, you just credential. We did this with Strayer. The, the day they bought into that exact, um, you maybe know Strayer University, yeah. the largest private university out there, and they uh, they bought into this idea of just let's just have a depot. And if they fail, we'll just hot ship them out a new one and yeah. off they go. So yeah, the, the all-in-one concept, I think, as we think about hoteling and working from home and you know, how do we get people the right equipment to do their job effectively and happily, mm-hmm. um, you know, these, these types of form factors, I think, are going to 
you enter into the equation for the right you know user sure use case that's at home this is a game changer and they go up and down and the thing i mean i saw you can connect two other 4k monitors to that yeah so there's a daisy chaining yeah you really um it's remarkable the the amount of technology back to the days of when you and i started right it was like i was on site at cisco when they were they were early on selling them all their tech and the monitors were these Sony monitors that were the length of this table, right? They were right. CRT and right. they were also doubled as heaters. Mm-hmm. No <laughs> so doubt. yeah, we've come a long way in this, uh, the screens. Yeah, it's, yeah, like I said, those LG systems are amazing. The new portables are, are really cool. And I think it's changing the way that end users, I guess end users in an org probably don't even know you're there, honestly, right? Because they log in, they don't really... No, if it, it's employed correctly, they don't even know. The one other thing I, I would tell you on the um, LG front that I really think is amazing is sort of building the docking station mm-hmm. into their mon- some of their monitors now. So it's just an R- RJ45, you just yeah. plug that in and you literally have a camera and a um, beautiful monitor and you know, the, the keyboard and the mouse. So when you start thinking about hoteling, yeah, where people do, we, as we started this conversation, they are going to want to come back to the office. Yeah. Even though people are saying stay home forever, I think you'll find that's there, not going to work. There's forever. a portion of the humans are wired to be around each other. The uh, campfire mentality is going to mm-hmm. kick in at some point where they're going to want to see and interact with other humans. And I think that we'll also see, at least my career, my 25 years, I've always found the greatest speed and collaboration comes when you actually are in a room with people and aligning and ideating and yeah you have to I mean their emails and zoom can only go so far but you did make one just sort of flyby comment on the LGs they've got the camera guy integrated in and uh, for all these zoom Google meet and all the conferencing things what did you guys had to do because I know that's been a big focus on the software side What's your responsibility there as iGel to enable those technologies? So it's a lot, actually, right? We're working with the Codex. We're working uh, with Zoom, with uh, I assume they're teams. all a little different, too. Yeah, they all are very different. It, yeah, I think, yeah, there's the, um, there's a, yeah, some com- there's some commonality between all of them, but they all have, they all require a, a little bit of special attention. So we were actually very... Uh, early with Zoom, so well before they became a household name, we had been working on them. Given that we were headquartered in San Francisco, we were like, we were adopting it internal at iGel. Right. So we were like, we need to make sure this works good for our own people. Um, and so we were tracking them down. Of course, they went they went crazy. And then Teams, the relationship with Microsoft um, has really helped us make sure that the Teams works well. Because that is the table stakes right now. You cannot deploy this technology if you can't make collaboration work. And why is that specifically so hard? Uh, is it just the, the weightiness of audio video that that makes it hard? It yeah, can't... well, it's like, it's really the dance between the processing of the, uh, you know, in the data center and being able to use the, um, you know, the hardware that's actually on the device. And this is some of the magic of iGel, right? Is that we're, we're using the processor on the device to, to make sure that the audio and there's no you know um, hiccups and that and so that some of the logic that our wonderful developers in uh, Germany have been able to do right in terms of threading the needle on using um, the processing power that's local mm-hmm. with the protocol that's coming across that 
there's a lot of uh, hard work in the last 20 months that have made this a lot more acceptable. Because I would tell you at the beginning of COVID, there were some, uh, you know, especially as everybody ran home and these um, solutions got sort of saturated, there there was the people that didn't deploy this stuff correctly got in a lot of trouble. (laughs) And a lot on multiple fronts, whether it was security, but also collaboration just became, we spent a lot of time. Citrix Teams, Citrix Zoom, Citrix WebEx, right? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the other thing that where we get a lot of involvement is the actual headsets, right? Because oh, a lot the, of this stuff is being used right? uh, where, yeah, you want in a call center, you need this, you know, um, headset to actually work. Right. So, yeah, the, the, this is where I think iGel separates ourselves, not only just out of the box, but also... Yeah, you still have to tune this stuff, right? It's like a, it's a, it's a little bit of an art that um, you still have to, you, you got to get it tuned correctly, and then once you get it set, you have this beautiful leverage you get over any other solution out there, right? With the amount of maintenance that you're gonna, you know, the number of people that's gonna be required to patch and update it, it just goes way down. So this is that's an interesting point, and you talked about POS as as a good vector for you guys in terms of devices out there and, mm-hmm. and solving that problem in retail. It feels like these devices now are powerful enough and easy enough to use and deploy that they could capture some spots where maybe IoT gateways used to play, other edge, even edge servers, edge virtualization. Mm-hmm. Are you guys sort of nibbling away at some of these we other, are. other non-desktop, non-traditional desktop use cases? We have some interesting things we're working on with Honeywell, where they have some you know, kind of use cases that are um, our typical VR More industrial use cases, exactly. And we are seeing uh, you know, kiosks pop up and time card machines and some things where you're just like anywhere where Windows is. Well, and right, that would managed. normally be a PC. Right that has to be managed and, and all of that, that sort exactly. of thing that comes so with it. Exactly, so a lot of, uh, we're also seeing it in conference centers or you know, conference rooms mm-hmm. where you know, yeah, uh, interesting use cases around testing, um, both remote testing and labs and universities where you have you know, this need to like sort of reset them and you know, um, set them up with certain um, profiles. Right. In mass, so that's been a, a use case. But yeah, we haven't gone all the way to IoT yet because, really, it's just a different um, channel. It's a different right. packaging. It's a different pricing. It's um, yeah, and you might need a more ruggedized device or something. But yeah, it, it doesn't seem like it's that far away. It isn't. I guess part of what we're looking at uh, with you know kind of the addressable market. There's at least thirty million. You know. Uh, people using BDI today and you know that that number could some people will tell you it's a hundred million right um, and certainly with Microsoft if you go talk to the guys in Redmond they're, they're like you know infinity and beyond in terms of like where you know uh, they could go with this right I mean there's probably 500 million people running Windows uh, devices out there oh, and sure in the world right so the the opportunity for iGel where we're just you know we're scratching the surface it's you know selling you know seven hundred fifty thousand licenses a year or whatever right mm-hmm. so we we have an opportunity to kind of once we get into the millions of licenses a year I think that's that's where it gets really interesting because you're we're gonna you know kind of go past the entire thin client market that's my goal right as a leader of this company. One of my aspirations is we, there's about five million thin clients sold a, a year mm-hmm. between all the different players. 
I would like to see iGel surpass the entire thin OS market. Um, and that's totally doable as we make this sort of architectural change. Because just I think what you're going to see is fat clients will be loaded with a thin OS. The old fat client, you know, right. that we would consider the use the, the primary use case for a knowledge worker or task worker, mm -hmm. could be replaced with a thin operating system. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, we you talked about the one guy to forty thousand endpoints at uh, Luxottica. The other thing I think is really interesting here is not just the deployment, obviously that gets really easy, devices have gotten better, uh, but from a support standpoint, you can do like shadowing, you can do remote reboot, you can do a lot of service stuff that traditionally would require an on-site person. Or another tool also, right? Like a lot of people have some of that functionality, but they're paying for oh, another license for something with some else. other tool, right? So that is... Yeah, one of the magical well, things. Well, that's another security issue too, right? Is right. I mean, you could use whatever, TeamViewer or something, but now it's another thing to manage. Right. So how, how much has that helped in this in this newly distributed enterprise of from a support and service standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the um, real big iGel benefits is just the um, amount of touch that's required. And, and we're, we're here actually today to talk about our OS 12. Mm -hmm. One of the benefits of... TA buying us as we now have this um, you know, really smart board that's been assembled. The executive chairman of our board is a guy named Bill Vecti. You're the CEO. Of course you're going to say the board's great. They're right? great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Bill is a, is a legendary guy around OSs, right? When you think about Microsoft and all the different versions of the OS, his fingerprints were on OS 7 or Windows 7, right? right? Which everybody probably would agree in the enterprise. This was the most stable Big of, step. Yeah. It was a great uh, uh, version of Windows, and so uh, he's he you know, he was at Microsoft doing that when it was like a peer to Satya at this time. He was also at HP when they broke it in two. So he's a really smart um, operator and a great product builder. So he's challenging us to sort of build this next ver version of our operating system that makes mm -hmm. it even easier to update, even faster to onboard, and just more elegant, less Linuxy, right? Like right. a little bit more of a an HTML5 yeah. kind of uh, you know, web front end and the console that was also a little bit um, you know, Linux, Linuxy 1990s mm -hmm. is going to have a facelift. It'll be all web you know, orientated. You can be sitting at home and looking at your devices on a mobile device and be able to do all the things you used to have to sit behind a, you know, a Java console to, right. to run it. So this is a, a step forward. It's going to be next year. And I think it'll really um, you know, keep iGel way out ahead of everybody. And a big piece of it, though, is the updates. So we're, we're building like an app store mm -hmm. service. So you can you know, uh, build your own apps that you can pull, put on the iGel device, and we'll have the certified apps as well. So like the Citrix and VMware and Zoom and whatever. So those will they'll, they'll live there, and it'll just be a lot easier. Uh, instead of it being a monolithic piece of firmware, it'll be much more... Um, you know, easy to update without having to update the entire piece of firmware. So speaking of updates and and a more modern desktop management system, we also have, of course, we've talked about it a couple times, the cloud deployment model. Obviously, Microsoft's all in on that, right? Because that's a big uh, growth area for them. But Amazon's made a big investment, too, in, yeah. in desktop delivery. How what do, you, what do you see looking for organizations that want to embrace VDI 
we see a lot of uh, dedicated silos of, of IT on-prem now. Do you see that going away? Do you see a hybrid model or just cloud take over? Like what, what I, mean, I definitely say hybrid. And yeah. I think part of the IGEL story around this is choice. I mean, we have a huge hospital up in um, Chicago where I just was, um, Advocate Aurora, you know, they merged. They have such a like heterogeneous environment, right? They have some VMware, they have some Citrix, they have HP Dell devices, they have Dell devices. So the magic of iGel is, look, we can resurface all these devices. We can, you know, kind of help you as you find your way. And you know, some of these guys are going to have multiple delivery uh, solutions that that can come to the same device, right? And we can do that at a flip of the you know the the, the policy on that device. So. In a world that's hybrid, a world that's heterogeneous, iGel can do very well. We haven't talked a lot about one thing that's really near and dear to me also is that these devices, right, um, and this three-year refresh or even with ThinkPlant's five-year refresh and these devices that you, know, you, you talked about before where you're like, we got to throw this thing away because it runs slow. Mm-hmm. One of the most amazing things that has shocked me is just taking those old devices and putting iGel on them and then connecting them to Citrix and just, you know, all of a sudden they're running Windows 10 or Windows 11 even now I know. on it's, a device that is literally eight years old. Um, and it has plenty of processor for running our operating system right. and consuming this solutions out of... Um, well, that's the thing. Like, there's still so many hardware resources in these machines, but they just get kind of... Well, they're not. Yeah, they're just not a setup to run a uh, you know, the size of Windows 10 or Windows 11. It just can't. Right, but the, you're still able to deploy Windows 11 via yeah. your OS, which exactly. is crazy. Yeah, and so I think this is something that's um, important to me, and I'll talk about this in my keynote today. Is that you know the world is throwing away 55 million tons of e-waste, right? And it's it's insane when it's you really think about it. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think every organization is going to have to, you know, they're going to all start thinking about climate change and their, you know, position there. And I think employees are going to really be pushing this as well, right? We all want our kids to be able to drink the water and, you know, uh, have clean air. And so I think uh, one of the things that iGel brings to the table is this sort of like ability to carbon neutral a device. We're working with an environmental auditing firm right now so that when you buy a a workspace edition license and you're putting it on an older device, you get a carbon credit to neutralize that device, Hmm. right? And for companies that are in, you know, United's a big customer of ours, right? So like as they have these initiatives to be carbon neutral, that carbon credit is actually very valuable to them, right? And so I would uh, challenge you that in in the audience that, you know, over the next three to five years, every organization is going to have some kind of initiative around this. Um, and you know, this is where I think iJump really shines, right? It's the auditing firm we're working with is looking at it going, wow, we, we, we give carbon credits for this recycle program. Right. But if you remember the three R's of you know, reduce is the first one, reuse, reuse is the second one, recycle is the third one. We're really in the reuse um, Oh, I mean, category. You're absolutely right, though. I mean, the thin clients that are out there now aren't super powerful. It's just that you've optimized the delivery of the pixels to these displays, right, right over the, the line or whatever. Uh, so even CPUs and laptops that are a couple years old still have the capability if they right. were delivered and optimized uh you know, software experience. Right. And that goes full circle back to when I joined iGel and I realized, well, this this operating system is extensible to other devices. And 
this is the irony of the whole conundrum we sit in, right? Because the other Linux operating systems for this type of uh, technology are actually built by the hardware guys, right? So it's almost not in their interest to, yeah. to enable a, a, an extension of life, right? They're really tuned to keeping the factory and the, the refresh you know, going. So it's Re a- Renew the license and sell another set of gear, right? Exactly. So this has been, yeah, that I think for me as a kid who grew up in Northern California and around the sort of back to land hippies, and, you know, I, I love the, you know, when we, we find customers that are like, whoa, I can run this on this pallet that I had added to the landfill um, of devices. Um, yeah, we intercepted um, earlier this year 12,500 devices that were like literally on their way, on their way out. And it was like, they were just like, this is crazy. We can run this on these devices. Sure. And the manufacturer told us that this was impossible. Not incentivized. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I understand you've got a lot of partners. You got to be yeah. Careful. So you got to be careful with that. But it, it is. I just feel like that's that's the existential crisis of our of our time, right? Is, hey, no. Look, if you can if you can find how, a yeah if you can find a place where you can leverage that and and take that message and show orgs how to do this without sending them off to recycle you know let's let's see if we can put them to work or even if you can't how can we put them to work for low-income school districts exactly. how do we get that stuff back and we've done a lot of that too so we've got a big lab in cincinnati and we've got all this gear that comes in all the time and we are always looking well gosh i can't even remember the last time we threw something away or really recycled it we get it to schools we donate it to uh, high schools to colleges we gave ohio state university genomics lab a full 2U 24-bay server full of flash because right. we didn't need it anymore and they were trying to go sequence genomes faster. I mean, that's what they say about the world's resources. It's really not a problem with like the amount of resources we yeah, have. It's how, where are they? Where are they? It's right. distributing them to the right people. Yeah. Yeah. We have some great resellers, CompuGen up in Canada, Zentegra here that are doing similar things like this uh, where they're yeah, helping get get these you know one man's trash another man's treasure well and schools did the same thing i don't know how it's like out there but our school district did this whole chromebook thing you know that was so hot and popular because they could get these i don't know 450 or 500 chromebooks and they put them in you know, rack them 30 in a little case and they roll them around and whatever the kids use them mm -hmm. but the kids all are using ipads and iphones and and pcs and macs that are way better than any of these chromebooks and they're being delivered kind of a crappy experience and yep. they know it's garbage yep. but there's better ways to do it and to deliver the secure environment that you want especially with kids we've got to restrict you know browsing or make sure that yeah. they're protected I mean I just think the one thing that's the gift of that architecture for those kids is that they're exposed to like hey cloud delivered it it, it, it I mean they've been using it maybe it's not as great as it could be but you know it, it it's they're getting their email through a browser, right? They're not used to you and I, like we grew up on Exchange. Right. Big fat client, oh, locally God. installed. I had Lotus right? Notes for a while. Right. And so, yeah, I just feel like this is going to lend itself to like, as these people literally, like it happens faster than you imagine, right? They're going to be yeah. the decision makers in IT before you can, you know, turn around here. So I think this is going to lend itself to this, what we believe is an architectural shift in, um, and, you know how these how how devices and endpoints look, right? It's just gonna be it's gonna be altogether lighter, mm -hmm. and that compute is gonna live somewhere else. It's just safer, and faster, and more, more cost mobile. effective too. Exactly. Well, look, I know you're minutes away from going down and delivering your keynote today, so I should probably let you go. One last thing though, 
I know you guys have a trial. I think you even just extended the time that you're making these things available. How, if someone wants to engage with iGel, what's the best place to start? So we have an awesome team around you know, uh, Europe and in the U.S., but um, the website actually has the, the ability to download it. Yeah, that was one of the fun things right, I, I figured go, out. Yeah, you can download ahead. it. You get a, a free trial for 90 days, and it's got all the, you know, the full-blown operating system with all the codecs and... Yeah, you know, I would say you know around the United States, if they, if they download it, we'll hopefully reach Bray out to you, or you can raise your hand, and we have some very great engineers you know around the country that will interact. That's one of the special you know gifts of iGels. We're still small enough, and we still uh, uh, really care. And you know, like we said at the beginning of this, we're starting to get back out with customers, yeah. and actually, uh, you know, usually it's a sort of you know show me how this would work. So we do a lot of proof of concepts. Um, We have a great community though. The other thing I would say is igel.com slash community. Um, It's 7,000 people on Slack, essentially talking about this, you know, um, technology. Supporting each other. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy that we sell paid support. You can get an answer on our community in eight minutes on average or less. And so, yeah, there, uh, one thing I think it's been unique for me in my five-year journey here is just the the ecosystem and the sort of um, religion. And it's like once people get this and they understand it, they just get fanatical about right. it. We have some people that just around the world that just have become evangelists for the technology. But it's so funny. Like, they're the evangelists, but all these thousands of end users have no idea. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, that's the beauty of iGel in a lot of ways. Yeah, they... They don't know that it's the uh, hedgehog powering their device. Yeah, they think they're just getting a win- Windows desktop, which is exactly how we want it to be. If we're successful, Brian, you, they should never know. Yeah, right? we'll be on millions and millions of, of devices, new devices every year, and no one will know iGel's even there. And this is, I think, the demo that we'll we'll show here, and I'm sure people will see it um, soon enough. But it's just, yeah, put your email in, put your uh, multi-factor in, go to go to the place that you need. And, and that literally can happen in a minute and 30 seconds with a br- device that's brand new. And it's it's going to have Brian's profile on it. So it's all the things you need. Good. Well, this is awesome. You better get downstairs. Yeah. I don't even have a badge yet. Thanks for your time. Me either. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Well, thanks, thanks for so tuning much. in, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.